you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to We Are Survivors, a podcast about The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with my friend, Bobby Schisler. Hey, hey, hey. And on this episode, we are going to talk about Seattle Day 2, at least the first part of Seattle Day 2, where we go through Hillcrest and we actually do the patrol flashback. It doesn't sound like a lot. But it's it's a lot yeah. <laughs> once you actually uh, dig into it. So we're going to uh, talk about that. Before that, though, let's recap. Last time we made our way through the TV station and we found Leah dead, uh, along with a bunch of other eviscerated WLF. So that wasn't Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> even though that, that's who we're chasing. That definitely was not Tommy. We made our way through the subways and found our first new type of infected, the Shamblers. Uh, Ellie revealed to Dina again that she was immune after a face mask got cracked after uh, basically <laughs> an infected punch during it. And uh, Dina revealed to Ellie that she is pregnant and Ellie did not take that very well at all. Mm-mm. So uh, before we get into, I guess, our main content for this episode, which is a uh, Seattle day two, we need to clear a couple things up. First off, there was actually a document that explains. Actually, that's the thing. It doesn't really explain the Shamblers. It kind of, sort of implies an explanation of the Shamblers. Uh, so there's a note that you can find that says the Shamblers are well, basically a clicker that something went wrong with their mutation to a bloater. Like their clicker was mutating to a bloater and something goes wrong. The letter or the, the note also suggests that. It might be because of the rain, like the constant rain in Seattle. So that may be why we only see shamblers in Seattle. Yeah. So that may explain it. But uh, there, there definitely is a note in the game that that has that. And I give a shout out to Big Juicy Hog for bringing that out. He he at least uh, brought up the fact uh, that you know there's a note that explains the shamblers, but I had to go find the note, and the note also suggests that it's because of the rain. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks to Big Juicy Hog. Anybody who wants to help us out, let us know. Like, he got a hold of us on Twitter, and we appreciate it quite a bit. When you said we had to clear something up, I thought you were talking about Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Oh, I was going to come. I was going to talk about that next, because we definitely have to (laughs) clear up the whole Jurassic Park uh, situation here. So, last week, on last week's episode, when we were talking about you know ellie and joel going through the museum bob said that you know in the original jurassic park the raptors were not actually raptors but they changed it in jurassic world and i said i don't know bob i don't think so i'm pretty sure they're human size like bob was like no go back watch the movie so guess what i did well i didn't go watch the movie but i i went to youtube and (laughs) i uh found a video of the of a part with the raptors and lo and behold the raptors are human size so mystery solved <laughs> they were they were a little bit shorter but not i mean not like to the extent that i thought it that i thought it was but 
it, you know, it's not the first time I've been wrong. It definitely won't be the last. So <laughs> they, were, they were definitely the same size as Star Lord. I can't remember what his name is in that movie. I've only seen it like once, and it was on a plane. It was on like on a flight on my way to like China or something. Yep, yeah, I was on a long flight. You said it. You sent me this clip. I think where he was on the motorcycle, so he might have been just a little shorter than no, normal. No, but no, this I sent you the clip where he, the guy falls into the cage and he goes to save. The oh guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cage. okay. The clip that I looked up was the one because I looked up another clip after that. So that was the one that I I looked up. But yeah, definitely wasn't what I remembered. <laughs> Right. So we just wanted to get that record true. We know it's very important for everybody who listens to this show to know the size of the Raptors in Jurassic World. Yeah, but let's go ahead and get into Seattle day two. Uh, we start out at the theater and like you kind of wake up in the main hall because remember Dina and Ellie kind of had that argument. So this is coming back after the flashback of you and Joel going to the museum. And you can actually stay in that area a little bit and play the guitar if you want to. You know, yeah, I, I, I haven't really looked, but I would, I would have thought I would have saw like some videos floating around Twitter or something like that of somebody actually playing something on the guitar, but I really haven't found anything Yeah, like about it. Like playing their own thing. I, th- I, I thought that would be cool too, but I don't know how to play guitar. So I was like, I was like, eh, I just walked right past it. It said practice guitar. I was like, nah. <laughs> I just figured somebody who knew they were doing was going to do it. And I'm pretty sure the developers probably thought the same thing. Other than that, why put that in there? You know, uh, but yeah, and- I'm sure we will see. We've seen a lot of really cool things where people are putting the different creative ways that they did encounters on YouTube, which is pretty right. neat. So, well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. But when you go into the, out of the main hall, you uh, do find Dina in the radio room, and she has actually fixed the radio. Hey. How hot do I look right now? Pretty hot. How'd you fix it? It was a loose connection. Antenna. They found our mess at the school. Good. This guy... Owen, he went AWOL. Maybe Tommy got to him. Maybe. The numbers are locations. The TV station we were at, that's six. There's a lot of chatter coming out of two, so I'm assuming that's their home base. Casualties reported at 14. All available units report, over. This is site 13, unit Lima nearby. How many scars you got, over. Negative on scars. Lone male trespasser. Lone male trespasser? Tommy. Where's 14? Not 100% sure. Okay, then guess. Uh, If this is 7, 12's all the way over here. I guess it's somewhere in this neighborhood? Hillcrest. Okay. So she was able to figure out what the radio chatter means, like what the different calls mean, what the, the numbers mean in terms of location. She tells Ellie that Owen has gone AWOL and she hears chatter about, oh, actually, as they're talking, you both hear chatter about a lone male trespasser and he's killing WLF. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, that sounds like Tommy. 
let's uh, go get them. So they both go to leave, but Dina's like still sick. So Ellie just goes on without her and you move into the Hillcrest area. And I think this is the first time we're without an ally besides like the real short time we played Abby at the start of the game. I believe so. I believe you're right. I think this is the first time we're, we're, we're without an ally. Because I remember getting a little nervous. I was like, uh. Because <laughs> the ally was a great distraction for me early on, like in that day one. Right, yeah. Well, I think it's always a bit easier to play with an ally than, than not. I mean, even in the first Last of Us, it was easier to play with Ellie than if it was just Joel. Although, I will say, Lena makes so much freaking noise as an ally. I mean, like. Dina? Dina, Dina, yeah. Uh, like I'd be like, what was that? Oh, it's, it's you, Dina. Like, geez, making so much yeah. noise. <laughs> but like, luckily, they can't, you know, be spotted. Like, they do a pretty good job right. of having them move, you know, and making it believable. So yeah. I do a, I do appreciate that because I'd be pissed if the AI kept getting me spotted. Right, yeah, thankfully. Uh, yeah, so actually, Ellie, when you get there, because you don't have to go there manually, they just put you in the Hillcrest, and Ellie is kind of wondering if she's in the right place. But then you hear gunshots, like, yep, definitely in the right place. <laughs> and as you're going through, you see, like, WLF rushing to the scene. And it's like, man, Tommy's really fucking these guys up. They are <laughs> in a panic. <laughs> That's what it feels like. They are in a fucking panic. The thing I do, I do like about the Hillcrest area, because it starts off a little slow. At least for me, it started off a little slow, because... If you're if you're like me and you look around at everything in the area, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different areas or a lot of different places to go look in Hillcrest. And Hillcrest, you find a lot of notes and documents that kind of talk about how the wolves handled Seattle after they ousted Fedra. Uh, so generally speaking, like the feeling you get, especially in this particular neighborhood, is that the WLF is just as bad, if not worse than fedra to the people right i mean they they killed people in the streets like they, they killed dissenters in the streets and in this neighborhood i guess it was just more apparent because this neighborhood tried to stand up against the wolves but it didn't go well uh there was someone named boris in the neighborhood that people looked up to uh for leadership i guess he was a leader in the neighborhood when uh fedra was there or even i guess maybe before fedra was there and they killed his art. They killed his uh, daughter, Sophia, because she was a dissenter. So, uh, yeah, it just didn't. And they did that like in the streets. So you find documents about, you know, conversations, people saying, Boris, we need to do this. Boris, I'm sorry about hearing about Sophia. Uh, Boris, we're sorry, but we can't support you anymore. Like we have kids to worry about. So I guess like when when they killed his daughter or it, like in front of everybody, other people were like, oh, shit, I'm not built for this. <laughs> you know, like, yep. I need to really. You know, they just went to uh, the stadium, which actually, I guess I, I forgot to mention that. Looks like the WLF has been gathering everybody and taking him to the C- uh, to uh, the stadium in Seattle. So, yeah, like I said, just find out a lot about the world. I mean, this game does a very good job of delivering story and lore without having to say it directly. Yep. You know, yep. Once again, like as soon as the day started, I looked at the diary. I forget what it said, but it said something about how she felt about the whole uh, Dina argument, and that she felt she felt bad about the way she acted. 
I think that's what it said. Uh, to a degree, it said that. Uh, so it actually had two entries. One was about Dina finding out about her being immune. She was worried that Dina was going to treat her differently. And the other was about how she handled the situation with Dina. She was like, you know, why didn't she tell me? Why couldn't she trust me? And then she basically said, well, did you trust her? And, you know, it's it's her working it out in her head, but just letting us know. And then, yep. like, you know, and the thing about the, the the notes and the documents, they're not super long. Like, some games, to, to if you, it's an investment. Like, it's such a time investment to read through the documents because they're so long. Like, Death Stranding. Oh my fucking god! Like, like Kojima, bro. Like, th- yeah. D- did you play Death Stranding? No, but I've played definitely oh. games where I'm like, oh. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, like I'm not emails, gonna read them. Yeah, like so in Death Stranding, you get these emails from people, and they are so fucking long. Like, and there's a lot of them. There are a lot if you're trying to figure out, you know, trying to get a feel for the world, feel the lore, stuff like that, and. and you know, yeah. And I'm not trashing Death Stranding because at the end of Death Stranding, by the time I finished it, I actually liked the game at the end of the day once I finished it. But man, that was that was tough. This, the way they handled this, I mean, the notes really shouldn't take you longer than 30 seconds to read. Yeah. Know, yeah, they're nice most, little, so. like I read everything. And that's actually, it was for me, it was a really good time where I could take a hit of the vape. Because my hand on the controller, like, I mean, it was a perfect amount of time to take one or two hits and then back to play. You know, like it was it was a cool respite to just playing constantly. There you go. The Last of Us Part 2 vape approved. (laughs) So, yeah, but one thing that was important about Boris, and this is going to come up here in a little bit, is that Boris was a champion archer. I don't think there's really any documents about it, but if you you can go into, I guess that was a store that he owned in the basement. There were yep. like there's like a trophy with his name on it. This is important. There is it's a, come up a little later. There is a document where she, where it's I think it's his daughter talking about how he's the best clicker uh, archer. Something about archer yeah, and clicker killer. Yeah, in that basement. And I don't know about you, but I searched that entire building five times over because i'm like the bow's got to be here the bow's got to be here i want the bow where's the bow i don't want to miss the bow like i so i was so freaked out about missing guns because of that whole you know shotgun in the bank thing i was like where's the bow (laughs) i didn't even think about the bow at this point and i'll explain that in, (laughs) in a little bit uh, but yeah, once you move into the area where there's actually enemies, now this is the first time you like we saw the dogs going to the school when we were leaving the school, but now you actually come across dogs for the first time in gameplay. <sighs> and dogs can track your scent. And the only way to really get off there's two ways to get them off your scent. Actually, three ways to get them off your scent, in my opinion. One, you can throw them off by getting very far, which means you have to keep moving, keep moving, because the dogs are gonna go stop, go stop, go stop. And if you can get far enough away from them, you will, they, they will lose the scent. But the thing about it is that means you have to move a lot. The other is to distract them. And there's two real ways to distract them. One is to throw like a brick or a bottle somewhere, you know, that, that they can hear and they'll go in that direction. And the other way is to kill the handler. Like if you can kill the handler, the dog will basically just sit at the handler and it'll whine for a little bit. I mean, eventually it will, 
find like if, if if it's walking around and somebody who doesn't have a dog connects with the dog, that person now becomes the dog's handler. You know, but yeah. I, I killing the handler was a great way to get the dog to 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 to, to kind of fuck off a bit. But go ahead, Bobby. You got a sad look on your face. Yeah, dude. Like this is where the game starts to really mess with my head, because um, I had to kill. So many dogs. I guess you you told me later I didn't have to, but I thought I had to. And killing the dogs, oh my god, it just really started to mess with me. Because like, I love animals. Like I love every animal that you know is not going to bite my arm off. But these dogs were going to bite my arm off, so I had to kill them. But boy, the the noises they make, and when you kill their handler, the noises they make, like. I would usually kill the handler and then would kill the dog right after. And the dog's just whining. It's sad that his friend is dead. It's like it messed with my mind hardcore. Yeah. I mean, the way I, the thing, the way I found out about the handler is because when I came across the dogs, I was just trying to figure out how not to kill the dogs because the dogs are just being good, good dogs. Like they're doing what they're trained to do. Right. Yep. So, that's like when like when one was getting close to me the handler and the dog i just i shot the handler like you know with the with the uh silenced pistol and when i shot the handler the dog just stopped and it just stayed there and it didn't try to follow me at all so i was like okay you can do that and then yeah like it basically takes the dog out of commission i want to say for a good minute maybe even 90 seconds depending on if somebody else comes along uh, you know, so what I was doing with the dogs is like, I'd kill the handler and I'd find a way to sneak around the dog. Cause the dog won't even really move. The dog would just kind of sit there at the handler. So I will work my way around the dog and get to the area. Almost every area in this game, you can find your way to get through it without killing everybody. Almost. There's a few areas where you have no choice, but to fight your way through. Yep. Um, be interesting uh, yeah. playthrough to watch if somebody tried to get through killing the least amount of people. I'd be interested to like watch some of that. I don't know if I'd watch all thirty hours, but like I'd, I, I, I would definitely be interested. It would definitely, it would definitely be a very long playthrough if they did that. Yeah, so. and I wonder what kind of difficulty they could do it on too. But yeah, the dogs right. thing. It yeah, it messed with me, and I was kind of bummed when you told me later that, like, you were able to not kill dogs. I was just like, "What? <laughs> That's an yeah. option." Yeah, that that is an option. Like you know, I think Kurbara said they had the same thing. Like he 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 was upset that he had to kill the dogs, and it's like I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you don't actually have to kill the dogs. No, no, you told me that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, so. Another thing about the dogs, like, even if the dog detects you, the dog will start barking and heading in your direction, but it doesn't mean the humans know where you are. Like, the dog will alert the humans, and they'll say, hey, there's something this way, but they won't automatically, like, pull their guns and start shooting at you and stuff like that. So even if a dog detects you, you still have a chance to get away, you know? Yep. But, you know, in in this area, you do find – actually, I found a new tool – the trap mines. Now, I think you already had the trap mines at this point, didn't you? Because you talked to me about blowing people up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had the trap mines yeah. for a long time. I When you got the trap mines originally, I got the smoke mines. That's what I got. Well, I got those. I, 
I got those first, but then, but then I didn't, uh, but then I didn't find, I, I'm pretty sure I got them really quickly afterwards though. Yeah. Cause before this part, you were talking to me about putting the trap mines down and blowing people up. So I know you had them for sure, Yeah, but I didn't find the trap mines until this part. Interesting. So, Cause you, you walk into, you walk into a building and they're right there in front of you. Like the thing is right there in front. You can't miss it. So that's how I found the trap mines. Um, you also find a field precision, a precision field manual, which will give you like buffs for aim stability and fast, move, faster moving by aiming and stuff like that. Um, I mean, as you're going through level, you hear more gunfire, more explosions. Like, man, Tommy is really like these, this is an army here and Tommy's just like super fucking them up, you know? Um, you do finally run into a stage two infected. And this is, you know, this is what we talked about earlier. Actually, I think we already kind of talked about the stalkers a little bit in the last episode. But I mean, I kind of knew something was here because I heard a sound. But when I went to go listen, there was nothing showing up. And you go through a door and boom, there's a, a stage two infected. It ambushes you and fights you. And the big difference is that instead of just being a regular runner, it has some of the corsep stuff coming out of its head. Yeah, but one thing I also notice is that they're ve- they're more difficult to fight melee. You yeah. know, like instead of being a couple of hits and then they're gone, I was just constantly going back and forth until I finally shot them in the fucking face. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, like it was it was a lot. Um, go ahead. Well, they they like they creep or they creep around, and if you're sneaking, like you can't really see them when you when you hold what is it L. L one to and listen, like, yeah. yeah. You can't really listen, yeah. see them, but you can see them peeking around corners. And so, usually, if you would attack one, like I'd throw a malt off, and then others would run in, and then I'd just like shoot them as they came in. Like, and well, if yeah, they got too that, close, I would melee. Well, you can't do that for this one because this one's a total surprise. But you do get the bow off of this guy. And so I can only assume this was actually Boris that you that you that you fought. Here. Like Boris got infected. That's what I. That's so. They, I don't think there's anything that confirms it that that is actually Boris. But I believe that this 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 infected is Boris. Well, he's got the yeah. He's got the arrows on his back and he's got the bow. Like so, yeah. it makes sense that that that's him. And I was super excited at this point because I was like, okay, I didn't miss the bow. Because like this area right. took me a long time. Because I mean, I just looked over everything five times looking for the dang bow. Because I thought they put too much in here to the, for the bow not to be here. But you can't miss the bow. You have to go through this area. So that was cool. Yeah. So I actually kind of forgot about the bow until this part. I was like, oh, that's right. You can get a bow. Because you know the thing about the bow is that it was your silenced weapon, but you have a silencer. You know, yeah, but the bow is uh, like a one-shot body shot kill. You know, like that's why I love the one-shot I, body shot. One-shot body shot, dude. Every time. No, I got I, I, one-shot headshot for sure. It was the same in the original game. I know, I know for sure because the reason I didn't use the silencer much is because I was not good at hitting long-distance headshots. But yeah, like if you hit them in the if you hit them in the legs, I don't think it kills them. But if you hit them in the torso, uh, they go down. Yeah, it has to be center mass because, like, if you get them in like the shoulder or something like that, they definitely don't go down. Um, but like, 
Yeah, like the 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 reason I, I use the bow is because you can recover the arrows. That's why I would use the bow versus the silencer because it's only negative, right? You lose bullets, you lose uh, durability on the silencer. Well, that was the case for the bow in um, in uh, in the first one. You could recover a lot of arrows, but the regular bow in this one was pretty rare. Now, a bow you get later. You can recover those super easy. And there was actually a tool tip that comes up and says the compound bow uh, has really robust arrows and can be well, recovered easy. The compound bow, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but the compound bow, uh, you can recover almost every time as long as you don't hit a wall, right? As long as you don't miss. This bow, to, to recover, you have to shoot them in the face. Like the only chance of recovery oh. is shooting them in the face. Well, then yeah. that's probably like why I didn't recover bows or arrows <laughs> yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, like if you didn't, if you shoot them in the body, I don't think that it's a pot. You can you can recover the the the, the arrow, but if you shoot them in the face, there's a a, a good chance you could recover. Because for a long time, like I, I only had three arrows, I think. And I missed two shots on somebody. And I had the last one. I was like, well, here we go. And I shot it and I shot him in the face. And I kept that one arrow for a long time. Well, the good news is, though, is you can make arrows now here in Last of Us 2. You can make regular arrows, right. not compound arrows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just didn't have, yeah, I didn't have the supplies to do so. So I was like, I'm going to have this one arrow until, <laughs> until that's it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, you're making your way through the residential area, which I enjoyed this part because. Every house was different. You yeah. know, there was up some had upstairs, some had downstairs, some had like well, some were like some of these houses were like on a hill. So you walk into the front of the house and then you can go downstairs and it's still like you know, you can still get outside from there. Yeah. You can get on the on the like the roofs on some of the houses. It was and great. There's a lot of level, enemies, a lot of dogs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was great level design. And and that's go ahead, I'm sorry. Like backyard areas with grills. I mean, it was cool. Yeah, and one of the, the 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 things that that bothers me about people who kind of complain about this game and said, like the reviewers in particular, I'm not talking about the user reviews. I'm talking about reviewers who said, "Oh, well, the game doesn't offer that much different than the first game." Like, get the fuck out of here, dude! Like, the level design is tremendously better. The combat is tremendously better. One review that I that I that I watched was like, uh, "I did not enjoy this game," and he talks about. Mm -hmm. uh, the puzzles and how there wasn't many puzzles. And I'm like thinking to myself as I go through the game, there are a bunch of puzzles. They're just optional. Like, like my favorite puzzle in the entire game was at the start of this day where there was a room you it's could not, see into. Huh? At the start of the start of the day, a room you could see into. Go ahead. Let me, let me, let me go ahead. Um, let you finish. There was a room you could see into, but it was locked, but she goes, Oh, there's a lot of good stuff there. And you had to like take a rope, drop it out the window, drop out the window, throw throw bricks through this glass thing up above. Then you could throw the rope over to dangle. Then you could climb the rope, swing, and then you could get into that room. And I thought it was a super cool puzzle. Like so, I feel like a lot of these re reviewers like played on easy and just went straight to the end and didn't really play the entire game 
Yeah, so that puzzle is not at the beginning of this day. That's actually in the middle of this day. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. But no, playing on the right difficulty matters. Like my friend, you know, Mike, uh, he he played on moderate, I think. And, you know, he didn't enjoy the game as much as I did. And he had some really good points about why he didn't enjoy it as much, you know. Uh, but one of the things when we talked about combat, I was like, the combat in this game, they could, they, what I hope Naughty Dog does Take the combat systems from this game and just straight up make another a straight up action game because the combat in this game is fucking phenomenal. Well, and I'm going to tell you something later, but it's not going to be for a couple episodes. But yeah, it's a great combat game. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, the combat is really good. He's like, yeah, the he said he just shot through everybody like because he had so many supplies. It didn't make a difference, you know, and I'm like, dude, like on the harder difficulties you have to kind of plan out, strategize, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, difficulty does matter in this game. But you're making your way through the residential area. Eventually, it becomes less of a slow play. Like, you come into a part of the residential area where I feel that they're pressuring you, but not directly pressuring you. Uh, where, you know, it, it really started to feel like fighting was unavoid- unavoidable, right? Like, as soon as you get them. done with... Yeah, as soon as you start to get you get done with one fight, the very next area you move into, like something will happen, right? Uh, Somebody might appear out of nowhere. A dog, like there's one part where you're walking toward a fence and a dog like pops out on the other side of the fence and starts barking at you so people know that you're there. And then when you drop, like you drop into a house, into the house's basement, and then there's already guys down there that just kind of turn around and look at you like, oh shit, (laughs) you know, and you have to fight a group of people down there in a, in a spore infested basement. And this is another thing toward the combat system. The way the dodge mechanic works in this game makes fighting and tight spaces so much more viable, but at the same time, so much more intense, right? Like if you had to fight in a tight space in the first last of us, it's a pain in the ass. You're probably going to die, but because you have that dodge mechanic and it's, if you're dodging and weaving and paying attention, you could dodge and hit people and then, reprioritize and stuff like that it's really good yeah i there was many times i had to reset stealth in this area yeah and that's the thing like even if that's what i'm saying like even if you manage to reset stealth you take a couple steps you're you're gonna run into something where the combat's unavoidable again you might be able to get one person with the stealth uh, but the combat's gonna be unavoidable because maybe there's just no place you can go Right. They put you in a, in, a, in a situation where you can't go anywhere except fight your way through. So you make it through this area and you jump down out of one of the houses and somebody grabs you from behind and covers your mouth. And you turn around like you think it's going to be like Tommy. But Ellie says, well, what are you doing here? And it's Jesse. So, yeah, like instead, the person that was causing all the ruckus was not Tommy. It was Jesse. And he shows up to help you, which I'm like, I didn't expect Jesse to be such a badass because yeah. apparently he's fucking shit up out there, you know? Have you uh, seen on the internet the contra- the controversy around this little clip? Yes, because in a trailer or something like that, it was Joel that, yep. that said that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were very, very upset about that. So, yeah, I hadn't, I like, I'm catching up on all the spoiler stuff now because I got that first wave and I just didn't want anything else. So, I kept away from everything. So I didn't know about that until after I had finished the game. So it didn't throw me off at all. Like I was just like, me oh, either. thank God, Jesse. 
You got an ally again. (laughs) This is just another great example of why you shouldn't watch game trailers, especially for games that you know you're going to buy. Like it it won't, it doesn't help you. So, uh, but yeah, so Jesse's there. He says he didn't want to help you. He he didn't want to, he didn't want you to do this alone. So he snuck out of Jackson. And yeah, now his plan to escape is the WF, WLF pull up in a truck and is like, Okay, let's take that truck. <laughs> you know that that's the plan. <laughs> so you fight through some WLF and you get to the truck, but the truck doesn't start. And now you have to fight WLF while you're in the truck. And eventually, you do get the truck going, and it's like a, a chase scene. And I, I, the, the cinematic part of the chase scene I thought was cool, but I didn't like the shooting part of it because it was so much harder to shoot oh, while this happened. Just like it so would be hard. a normal moving vehicle. Like it, I mean, like it's expected. I can't really complain about it <laughs> besides the fact that it's a game. But yeah, you're in a moving vehicle. It's kind of hard to shoot straight. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really hard, but. Luckily, there were times you stopped and stuff too. Like, but yeah, it w- I don't even know how many people I actually got during that. Probably just the ones I had to. Like the driver, I know I hit. I wasn't hitting anybody else. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on the driver, and I focus <laughs> on the driver, and he, you know, he crashed. But you guys also crashed. You like a pole, and that the noise causes a horde. So now you got to fight off a horde, and you get the truck going again, and you end up running into a river. And it's like, okay, I think we're good because <laughs> all the infected are gone. All the WLF are gone. And you do bring uh, Jesse back to the theater. And Dana is really happy to see Jesse, you know, and they start talking. And you can see that Ellie is actually a little jealous. I was actually a little surprised about that. Like, she's a bit jealous. But, you know, the, if you couldn't catch on, like, the baby is Jesse's baby because Dina and Jesse dated, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we talked about that probably in the first episode. Yeah, they just so, broke it up, you know, at the start of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, so that now all three of you are together. And instead of ending the day, you actually get a flashback, right? You get, you get a, a flashback from two years ago where. Ellie and Tommy are out on patrol together. And Tommy is actually talking about Maria being mad at him because he forgot her, her birthday. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, if somebody didn't tell me, I forget my own birthday, which I actually do have a story about that. That happened to me because, uh, and this is how this happened. So I, uh, it's, it, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 5, right? Particularly, uh-huh. I'm playing Metal, Metal Gear Solid 5. And I get done with a mission. And on the radio, it says, Snake, come back to the base immediately. And when you do that, when you go back to the base, like there's all these like fireworks, these explosions and stuff like that that you hear as soon as you get back onto the base. But then it turns out they're just fireworks and they're singing happy birthday to Snake. That's what they're doing. They're singing happy birthday to Snake. And I realize. Oh, it's an event because today is my birthday. That's why they're doing this. Like, it's not just a game thing. It wasn't Snake's birthday in the game. Really? Yeah, like, they do that in Death Stranding, too. In Death Stranding, there's events on different dates. Interesting. Wait, but your, wait, your birth, your birthday? Like, how did it know yeah, your on, birthday? Because you have to register with PSN. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, you have to like register like with a service. Like, if you're playing on PC, it's on Steam, right? Metal Gear is on Steam, so that means it can use your Steam birth date. 
If you're playing on PSN, I can't remember if Metal Gear, I'm pretty sure Metal Gear Solid 5 came out on Xbox. Like all those services have your birthday. I've never seen that. I, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I play you games can much on, on my birthday. You can like, yeah, you can YouTube it for Metal Gear Solid 5. Like you can YouTube like the birthday thing and it's, it ha- only happens on your birthday. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Cause I was, I was thinking to myself, I do not remember that part in Metal Gear Solid yeah. 5. Like Kojima, um, always does like i shouldn't say always but like for a long time has done stuff with the clock like for example metal gear solid 3 right if you go to fight i forget his name is the old guy in metal gear solid 3 i forget his name but when you start his fight if you save exit the game take your ps3 at the time or ps2 at the time move the clock up seven days or move the date up seven days come back into the game he will have died of natural causes. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like a little that's a little Easter egg in there. But yeah, so I mean that that's that's the story. Like I forgot like some, you know, I have uh, too forgotten my birthday. Sometimes I totally forgot it was my birthday. <laughs> Until the game reminded me that it was my birthday. Oh, that's so, hilarious. But uh yeah, so that's what Tommy is talking about and uh you know, Yarn Patrol, he actually te- he teaches Ellie how to use a sniper rifle. But the thing that got me about this in the game was, one, I thought it was okay. Like, it wasn't too enjoyable. But at the same time, you never use this in the game. I was just about to say, you never are that far away from something to have to, like, snipe as far as you were sniping. It was cool. And I thought it was leading up to something cool. But it didn't. It did not. Like, it basically, uh, yeah, basically, it just... It's just a section for you to do. It's like a little mini game for you to do. One thing that does come from this, though, Tommy mentions that the infected, like every year, they come through this same path, like it's some type of migration. But then they never really dig into that. Like, okay, what do you mean the infected migrate through here every year, like during the winter? You know, what does that mean? Yeah, that's weird. They, they migrate. Do they have some type of communication with each other? Like, what is it? But they they that did think that was interesting. And Tommy starts talking about how Joel was worried about Ellie. And, you know, she really hasn't been talking to him. Like, they've been kind of estranged. They don't really get into why. But then they meet Joel at the lookout. That was y'all shooting up there, right? Oh, just some stragglers. Ellie got to try out my scope. How'd you like it? Yeah, feels good. Oh. I see you've, uh, you haven't gotten around to changing the string yet. I didn't know I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, you'll, uh, we'll get you some new ones. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's that music store down there. I bet they got guitar stuff. I mean, that area's long overdue for a sweep anyway. I can keep watch. Where you say, kiddo? Sure. And that's our cue. <laughs> so, you know, he asked them about, you know, how the patrol went. And then he says, you know, oh, I noticed that you never got around to chanting the strings on your guitar. And Ellie's like, I didn't know I needed to. So I guess Joel missed that lesson <laughs> when he was teaching her. <laughs> Uh, about the guitar and Tommy suggested they go to a music store that probably has strings and that the area is for a sweep anyway. 
So off they go. And uh, while they're riding, Joel, you know, he talk a bit like Joel's actually talking. Um, well, actually, I think he starts talking to her about the how she's doing on group patrols first. That Jesse says she's doing really well on group patrols. Yeah. And, you know, he suggests that she starts with shorter routes for the next. Because, like, they do group patrols and then, like, not solo patrols, but, like, paired patrols or something like that. So it's not a full group. It's just a pair of people. And he suggests that she starts with the shorter routes, you know, and. She's like, well, you know, I'm I'm a better shot than all these other people. I'm I'm better at killing the infected. And he's like, look, I believe you. I just think you know you should pace yourself a little bit. And she agrees. Uh, I was gonna say they definitely seem a little weird. Joel seems weird around her and like unsure of what he should say, and it's just a little awkward, right? Did you feel that way? Um, a little bit at when they were in the in the lookout a little bit, but when they started talking, like, like, so the next thing I talk about, like the Savage Starlight comic and Joel, apparently has been reading some of the issues and they have like a conversation about what happened in the comic. And that felt, you know, well, it feels like way- he's trying to find a way to bond with her. Yeah. And that felt, you know, that conversation felt more natural, you know, even going forward. So the path to the music store is blocked. So they have to go through a hotel, which hotels in this game, anytime you go into a hotel, it's a bad idea. Like, all the hotels in this game, like, you will, generally speaking, run into some bad shit. So even when they're in the hotel, they're kind of having normal-ish conversation. Um, they come across some spores, and Ellie's like, do I have, like, you know, Joel puts his mask on. Ellie's like, do I really need to put a mask on? He's like, yeah, like, just in case we run into somebody. He wants to make sure that nobody finds out about that she's infected, you know? Yep. And he asked her if he, if you know, if she told Dina or Jesse or anybody yet, and she says, no, she hasn't, so. You know, go from there. But uh, you, there are a lot of infected in the hotel. I got impatient, to be perfectly honest with you. And I just started the horde. Like, you know, once you... Like, well, I didn't mean to start a horde. Like, I was just... I went just to kill one. But then when you do that, they start jumping off of the second floor. And it's like, oh, okay, there's a lot of them. <laughs> so I actually ended up uh, killing a bunch of them and, like, depleting a bunch of my ammo. But luckily, in that area, you can replenish a lot of your your ammo. And you quickly find out why that is. And there's a bloater there. So you're trying to like kind of go through this crawl space between two walls and Ellie makes a noise. And then you hear like the footsteps like rushing toward the wall and a bloater breaks the wall down and pulls Ellie through it. So you have like a bloater boss fight here, which is why they give you so many supplies right before you went to that area. Well, and also... I wasn't afraid to use supplies during this part because it's a flash. It's a flashback, flashback and I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to get to keep them, you know. Use it or lose True. it. True, you're not going to get a chance to keep them. So, yeah, I mean, you fight the bloater, which, in my opinion, was harder than the first game for sure. Like the other, like in the first game, there were clear areas where to shoot the bloater, you know. This one, not so much. Like, even with setting on, so setting a bloater on fire in the first game was death to the bloater. Like, you just set him on fire, you move around a little bit, the bloater would die. The bloater has so much more health now. Like, you have to, you can set him on fire maybe up like twice and then still have to shoot him while he's on fire yep. to, to kill him. So, the bloaters are actually a much bigger threat. Which I, which game. I liked because, you know, like, Luckily, I made it through Last of Us 1 without even really knowing that the Maltovs did that much damage to him because like, they, re- they were hard for, for me. But then 
like once you told me that, like like I've seen other play like playthroughs where they just you know are on fire and they just die. Like I was just like, huh? Yeah, they do massive amounts of damage to the bloater. They just they just die. Uh, so once you do kill the bloater, you and Ellie you continue to make your way through the hotel. Joel starts talking about Jesse and how he notices the way Jesse talks to Ellie. And, you know, Joel's like, yeah, I'm really keen on these things. And Ellie's like, uh, I don't think so. I think you're missing the market. So apparently Joel does not realize that Ellie is gay. Like, nope, Ellie's nope. not at this point of the game. Nope. He, he does not. <laughs> it was pretty funny. As I was like, yep, oh, Joel, you are way off base. Typical dad. Yeah. So he, he doesn't know. But before they get out of the hotel, they find two bodies. And earlier they mentioned that two people went missing from Jackson, these two teenagers and these bodies you find are the teenagers that they found. And they had a letter they left to go help others. That's why they left Jackson. They didn't just leave Jackson, but they wanted to go help others. But they said not even an hour before, you know, of travel and they ran into a horde and ended up getting bit. So there was a guy and the girl, the guy shot the girl. So she wouldn't tra- So she wouldn't uh, turn into a, uh, a runner on infected. But the guy couldn't come to kill himself. So actually, when you go in the room, there is a clicker in there, and Joel kills it before it can get to Ellie. So, yeah, they that that those are two bodies you come across, and Ellie. Then she says, "If they were only immune, right?" Jackson is a wonderful place, but we got tired of hearing the stories of people suffering everywhere else. We wanted to save lives. We had good intentions. We didn't make it an hour before running into a horde. Now we're bitten. We've decided we're going to end our lives instead of turning. Please tell our family and friends that we're sorry. Love Adam and Sydney. I shot her. I can't take my own life. I'm a fucking coward. Adam. Only they were immune, right? <clears throat> well, it's... Let's go get Tommy and we can get these bodies back to Jackson. After you took me out of the Firefly Hospital, you said there were dozens of people like me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's what they told me. I've never met another immune person before. Have you? I could be hiding it. You do. Do you believe that? Is now really the time for this? We traveled across the entire country to bring me to the Fireflies. I had so many questions for them. Why did you pull me out of there while I was still unconscious? Because I let them run their tests. And when I saw that they were useless, I got us out of there. How do you know they were useless? Maybe if you, you just uh, would have given them more time, they could have figured something uh, out. There was no cure. There's nothing that could help these people or anybody else. I know you wish things were different. I wish things were different. But they ain't. And we need to get these kids back to their families. Is there something else you'd like to rehash? 
So, you know, she starts to talk to Joel about this. She brings up the Firefly base. She's like, you know, this whole, you told me there were a bunch of, uh, of, of immune people there, but I've never met another immune person. And then Joel suggests that, you know, they're probably just hiding it. And Ellie's like, do you actually believe that? And Joel like reinforces that there's no cure. So obviously this is what's really bothering Ellie. Like she's starting to not believe Joel. Like she's starting to, you know, obviously she's, she's been thinking about, well, if there's so many immune people, why haven't I met another one? You know, yeah. I mean, he does make a good point. Like you're keeping it secret. So would many other people. I mean, it does make sense. Like it would freak people out. Also, lots of people get bit and then end up killing themselves. Like they might have been immune. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And that's where the flashback ends. And I think due to time, we're going to split this one into two episodes as well because the second half of Seattle Day 2 is actually pretty beefy too. Because you, you, you know, you've heard about the scars and the Seraphites. Uh, and you finally come across them and meet them, so we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, you get some information on where Nora is, which is obviously, that's one of the people who helped kill Joel. So, you know, you have to go find her. So there's just there's a lot that's going to happen, and I don't really want to rush it. So I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to break some two episodes like we did last week, uh, where we'll release two episodes in one week. Uh, this episode should be out on a Monday and I think the next episode will be out Wednesday of next week. So you get two episodes next week as well. Uh, so we're, we're going to go ahead and cut it here. But before we go, like, what do you, what's, what's your thoughts right now, Bob? What, what are you thinking? Um, I, I'm just having a good time. I mean, like, wasn't, I don't know. It was like, it was a little weird. Like it, Took me out of it kind of with the flash, with the with the flashback. Um, like, I'm kind of all over the place at the moment. Like, it was a really cool flashback, but now, you know, like right after you're right, you're like, you're like right back in. Um, I'm just, I'm getting anxious wanting to like, find out where Abby is and kill her. Like I'm just getting anxious for that, you know? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of non-resolution going on. Like you think you're going to come, you think you're going to run into Tommy. You don't run into Tommy. It's Jesse. Uh, and you're finding a bit more about the relationship of Joel and Ellie right now, you know, but you still don't have much resolution. Like what happened? Like we still don't know what happened to make her be a, well, I shouldn't say be as cold to him as she was in the in the beginning of the game, because in the beginning of the game, she was saying that everything's OK. And she was even talking about, talk, you know, meeting up with Joel to watch a movie. But clearly something happened the night before. So you still don't know. So at this point of the game, I think we're just getting more questions than answers still. But in the next part or basically the second half of Seattle day two, I think you do finally start to get some answers. So we're going to go ahead and get into that in the next episode. Um, before we go though i just want to thank everybody for listening thank you guys very much and i'd like to thank everybody who has like reached out over twitter or left comments on uh you know soundcloud and stuff like that we did have somebody do that i'm sorry they said they said they suggest they um like the longer episodes 
uh, which I get. Some people do. Some people do. Like I know a couple people do. I just know for a lot of people, it's very difficult to digest a 90 minute episode, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so some people have no problems with that. So that's why we kind of cut these in half and ho- hopefully it doesn't impact your experience too much, but thank you for listening. <laughs> I do it. We do appreciate that. Um, if you want to reach out to us or keep up with what's going on with us, uh, specifically with the the MASH Network or the show, you can follow us on Twitter at the MASH Network. Bob, you want to tell them where they can follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. And you can also find me on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. You can follow that if you want to know when we go live. Uh, we also have a Discord that we love to have you join our Discord community there, uh, mash.gg slash Discord. Talk to me and Bob. We do have two channels dedicated to The Last of Us, one non-spoiler channel and one spoiler channel. Uh, at this point, I would imagine a lot of people have already played through the game. So a lot of us should be in that spoiler channel now, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, and we, you know, we, like I said, we encourage you guys to reach out to us with your comments and questions. So, you know, like you can reach out via Twitter discord email contact the match gg however if you enjoy the show uh, and you want to help us out one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice if you want to take your support a bit further you can support us on patreon.com slash buttons and you can help support for as little as one dollar a month and you can gain early access to content as well as exclusive content we do have a teespring store which is uh teespring.com slash store slash smash those buttons and you can always drop a twitch sub if you want that's all that's also a helpful way to support mash those buttons and we encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons and with that we are done we will see you in a few days see ya Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 